Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome, friends, to another r/slash pro revenge video. Today, we've got a great story of revenge against a thief. But first, a story from Gate Smasher 3000. I threw garbage back into the car of the person who dumped it on the street. Walking through my residential neighborhood on the left side sidewalk, a humongous black pickup truck drives up from behind. He pauses a long while in an intersection for no apparent reason, then casually sticks his hand out the driver's window and drops a wadded piece of garbage right onto the street. Okay, I'm a coward. I should have dashed out, grabbed the garbage, chased him down, etc. But I'm a woman in my 60s and just not capable of a potentially dangerous confrontation. I am, however, a jerk capable of delayed pettiness. He makes a U-turn and parks to the house just beyond the intersection. A house undergoing construction, I glare at him uselessly as I pass, but he's parking and not paying me any attention. Okay, jerk face, let's see. Construction site, big shiny pickup truck, takeout food. Obviously some out-of-town contractor who thinks he can roll up and spew garbage all over my neighborhood. Plan formulated. If the truck is still there, if its window is open, if the contractor is out of sight, and most importantly, if I can find the garbage. 20 minutes later, on my walk back, I take a careful look as I go by. The petty gods smile upon me. Truck there, window open, voices in the house but no one inside. And there's a food wrapper in the gutter, yellow with some orange. Taco Bell? There's one at the foot of the boulevard at the beach. I snag it, cross over to the opposite side of the street, backtrack a bit, cross back over, then I walk past again and chuck the wrapper through the passenger side window, covering the action by pretending to adjust my hat and stroll on. Yeah, I'm sure he just tossed it out the window again, but maybe he'll pause a moment to wonder who exactly is watching him and what the judgment gods are passing upon him. Do you guys think littering should have a bigger punishment than what it currently does? Where currently people just feel comfortable enough throwing trash out their vehicle windows still. If it's provable that you littered, should that hold some serious ramifications? Should there be a punishment that makes you never want to litter again? I'm also kind of curious, what would that look like? Let me know what you guys think down in the comments. Our next story is from Lit Beavis. Don't bring your dog to the office. I worked for an internet company in Maine. The company was then bought out by a company in Rhode Island. Once every few months, this naughty jerk would come to visit from the Maine office. Most of his comments were condescending. Us redneck Mainers, blah blah. He always came with a stupid labradoodle like he was the lord of the manor visiting the peasants. I was the supervisor for the newly created phone department and spoke to him about two employees who were allergic to dogs. He didn't care and still kept bringing his dog on his trips and visits. I would get advance notice of his visits, so one day a fellow coworker I enlisted and I went out for lunch and each brought back a rack of ribs from the local barbecue place. After enjoying them, we went and placed one rib bone into all 20 plus trash cans in the call center. 
as well as in each office trash can. The pure joy of watching him try and pull his dog away from every trash can they walked by over and over and over again cannot be explained. I got a call from his boss a few days later and I played it off as innocently as I could. Well sir, you don't expect that employees can't have a snack at their desks, do you? I mean, I could get an official break schedule going, but that would require hiring more people. I did ask Mr. Y if he could stop bringing his dog. Not only are two employees allergic to dogs, but this is a professional office. He was unaware of that fact. No more dog, and even better, no more him. We started getting a new manager for visit, and they were less often too. That's actually kind of impressive that they would just go and decide to bring their dog without ever like clearing that it was okay. Imagine being that comfortable in your job that when you're going to do your work, you just bring your dog with you, take him right into the office. That's a shockingly high level of confidence that they're just gonna get away with that. Our next story is from DVNHGE. No motorcycle parts for you. I, female, started working in a motorcycle shop just after college. So around 21, in the parts department, I had never even driven a bike, but a job is a job. I had a terrible coworker. He would only show me something once, then refused when I asked for any help. So I had to learn quickly, and Google became my best friend. And my dad is a mechanic and had bikes, so I could ask for help. So anyways, I'm the type of person who will ask the stupid question. I mean, how will I know if I don't ask? I was very good at my job. I was the only parts salesperson after a year. I worked hard and many late nights. This one guy, Jay, he used to be friends with my brother, and I already did not like him at all. He comes in one day, leans across the counter, swinging a part in front of my face, almost hitting me with it. He goes, I need this CDI unit. I recognize it as a voltage regulator and inform him it is a voltage regulator and not a CDI unit. He gets angry and tells me I don't know anything about bikes. He wants to see all the CDIs. I give him the container with all the CDI units. Obviously nothing looks the same. He gets angry and shoves the box, almost falling off the counter. So, by default, I am the idiot. I offer him the other box with the correct parts. He doesn't even look and asks where a man is that he can talk to, as I know nothing. I tell him he can speak to the workshop manager, down, out, and around the building. He goes off in a huff. A few minutes later, him and the workshop manager walk in. The workshop manager asks why I didn't help the customer. I calmly explain that Jay does not know the difference between the two parts and is mad that I, a woman, know the parts better than him. The workshop manager looks at him and says, sorry, can't help you, turns around and walks out. Jay is standing there looking confused and very angry, turns to me and says, well, can you check the other box? I take out the box, have a look, no such part. I ask him what bike it is. He just looks at me, turns around and storms off. Never saw him again. I was just trying to be helpful. Honestly, bless any manager or owner or just anybody in a supervisory position who does not tolerate blatant sexists like that. Also, nice to know that just some hardcore Googling can even work in like a motorcycle shop environment. Nowadays, oftentimes, you want to be really good at your job, you just have to be really good at Googling and finding a reliable resource to learn from. This next story is from NoCustomer2266. We call my dad the Green Shadow, and this is his origin story. 
During a particularly dry summer a few years back, there was a drought. There were water restrictions in place, and my dad's neighbor was watering his lawn every day. My dad would go out in the dead of night wearing his green gardening apron, hence the green shadow, and he would sprinkle lawn fertilizer in patches on the guy's lawn. My dad's explanation, anyone who cares that much about their lawn isn't going to like having patches of grass growing taller than the rest. He'll be out there with his mower twice as much as he needs to. Maniacal laugh. I can't decide whether the green shadow is a superhero or supervillain. I guess it depends what point of view you take. Although that opens up a whole wealth of different discussions. I mean, just look at Anakin. From my point of view, the Jedi are evil. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Our next story is from Coiler32087, Revenge for a Stolen Bike. This was relayed to me by a favorite cousin. Back in the 70s, everyone wanted a cool bicycle. My cousin, like so many others then, saved all his earnings from odd jobs to buy a really nice 10-speed. He rode it everywhere, which was the thing to do at the time. Came out of the house one morning, and his bike was gone. There had been a spate of bike thefts in the neighborhood, so he would put it on his mom's back porch nightly, out of view of the street. As they lived on a dead-end street, no one bothered them very much. Cuz figured a stolen bike wouldn't garner much attention from the police, so he asked around. It seemed there was a guy, Kay, who was always cobbling together bikes from various old parts and selling them, essentially a chop shop for bicycles. It should be noted that this guy had a top-of-the-line bike, one that cost several hundred dollars back then. After scooping it out, Cuz spied his bike among others and hatched a plan of revenge. In his mom's backyard, he dug a huge pit. Waiting until it was dark, he went to Kay's house and stole Kay's bike rode it home and buried it in the pit he dug. The next morning, he phoned the police and told them his bike was missing and he had spotted it at Kay's house. The police show up and bust Kay for running a stolen bike ring. The bikes are recovered and returned to their owners and everyone is relieved to know the full story. Kay does a little jail time, pays some fines and retribution, and discovers his bike is missing. He assumes that the police had it but was told no. They didn't. Kay asks around. No one had seen his bike. So he has to either bum rides, walk, or catch the bus to get around. Fast forward 30 years later, Cuz is at his mom's, digging her a garden patch in the back corner of the yard, when he digs up a sprocket. Puzzled, he digs around and finds a bike chain and other gears. It comes back to him. This is Kay's bike. Sweet revenge. It was slowly rusting after nearly 40 years. I think it goes without saying that this guy deserved every bit of what happened here. It's honestly crushing to have a bike stolen from you, especially if you're a person that really relies on it to get around. You know, kind of like Kay was. Honestly, I'm just impressed that the police went and returned at least, from what it sounds, most of these bikes back and actually held this person responsible and actually got this guy some jail time. For some reason, I feel like a lot of people who would be going around committing these kinds of crimes, doing some kind of underground bike shop, chop shop thing, they would just kind of get away with it and then when they get caught, it'd probably be like a slap on the wrist. This next story is from Bodacious Vermin. Won't take care of your cows? We will then. This is a story my father used to tell about a point in time in his childhood in the burbs of Sydney, Australia. 
His family lived in a somewhat rural at that time area and they had a vegetable garden. It was the 30s and times were tough. They occasionally would find that their vegetable patch had been plundered and deduced that it was the cow owned by a neighbor. This neighbor would let the cow roam and forage where it wanted and it would toddle home morning and evening to be milked. My grandfather spoke with the cow's owner in order to put a stop to this veggie theft, but the owner never did. He just said that my cow will go where she wants. In order to counter this, my grandfather hatched a plan. They kept an eye open early, and when they would find the cow in their garden, they would tie it up and milk it dry. The cow certainly didn't mind, and my father and his family had fresh milk. Then they'd turn the cow loose. After a few occurrences of this, the neighbor took time to investigate and came calling, asking about the stolen milk. They simply responded that this was payment for the vegetables. The neighbor quickly changed his approach to free-range farming, and the theft on both sides stopped. I mean, when you think about it, it's kind of fair because, I mean, they were essentially feeding this cow the fuel that they turned into all that milk. Ethically, I don't know who was more in the right here. It seems a little weird to, like, catch and milk the cow. It also makes me wonder, though, like, why this cow is able to just get into their vegetable garden. Maybe it's just my overly murican thinking, but shouldn't it be, like, fenced off at least a little bit? Our next story is from Master Protection 29 A legal handicapped placard user gets owned. This happened many, many moons ago in Ohio or Indiana at a festival. Here's the story. Friend, her husband, a super kind guy who lost a leg as a child and gets around surprisingly great hopping. He once brought a full glass of water to me without spilling it while hopping. This is important later. Their two children and I crammed into a car, maybe a smaller SUV, along with our camp chairs and cooler to enjoy music at a festival's live music. As we pull up, he shows the attendant his handicap placard that has his picture on the placard. We're waved into the handicap parking. This is closer to the park where we can watch the kids on the playground and the band without schlepping all of our stuff very far. As we're unloading, a jerk starts yelling about us illegally parking. Husband sitting in the car, putting up the sunshades, hiding valuables, and waiting for one of us to get his crutches. He had a prosthetic he hated, so he rarely used it. The jerk is yelling obscenities at my friend and I while we're getting the children out of the car, before we can get the crutches to her husband. Husband's in the car, asking us what's going on. Brent tells them not to worry about it, and aren't those the famous last words? About this time, the jerk is ramping up like an alcoholic redneck with self-control issues and calls one of us, there's four females, two of which are adults, and the other in single digits, a very bad word. The husband hears the dreaded stupid runts comment, and he one-footed charges out of the car and aggressively hops, yes it can be done, to the jerk. Jerk's eyes widen when he sees a one-legged, pissed-off lineman hopping towards him with a look of death on his face. Husband gets to the door as the sound of locks click on the Jerk's car and roars, Say it again! Jerk is as wide as a sheet, rolling up the window as fast as he can. The Jerk... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. Floors his truck, digging into the soft turf and not getting anywhere. Grass and dirt flying into the air as his truck goes deeper into the earth. The roar of the engine not quite covering Jerk's fearful curses or the splat of grass and dirt on the surrounding cars. Once the undercharge is sitting on the earth and tires just spin uselessly, Jerk stops trying to drive away. We gather our stuff and bring husband his crutches as we all go to watch the kids play and the live bands on the stage. A few hours later we schlep all of our stuff, plus the cranky exhausted children who are insisting on being carried back to the car to see Jerk's truck is still buried in the earth with tickets on the windshield and the evil red and orange toe sticker on the driver's window. This is the icing on the cake. Husband and father owned a tow company and husband was tasked with towing the jerk out of the park. Husband didn't offer a drop fee, and jerk had to watch the one-legged linebacker hop around, pull his truck out, then had to deal with him again at the shop to pay tow fees. That is, after the jerk had all the proper paperwork and receipts for the town, county, and state tickets that were issued. I learned Jerk also caused his parents' handicap placard to be revoked due to their illegal use of their placard. That I feel bad about. Nobody should have their mobility compromised due to somebody's stupidity. Oh, it's always projection with jerks like this. Imagine illegally using the placard yourself and going and trying to call out somebody else who you think might be doing the same. Bro, just shut up and enjoy the concert and the really advantageous parking that you're not even supposed to have access to, dude. Why do people like this gotta go around making more problems for themselves than necessary? They just love the drama. It's not good enough of a prospect that they can enjoy themselves, they gotta somehow make things worse for other people too. Our next story is from Isai Sai. Want better ribs? 
Fine with me. This was quite a while ago when I waited tables at a locally owned barbecue restaurant. A guy came in and ordered a rack of ribs, which honestly were the best things we sold. I drop them off, make sure he's good, and check back a few minutes later. He comes with, these ribs suck, this is the worst crap I've ever had here, then promptly requested a new rack. I stated no problem, went back to the kitchen, and pulled the last three ribs out of the rack he complained about, and brought them for him to sample new ribs from the back. Customers stated they were amazing. Being the jerk I was at the time, I stated, well, that's pretty funny. These came from the rack you stated was the worst crap you ever had. He wasn't happy. Boss wasn't happy. After he comped the meal, I got a stern warning, even though he thought it was funny. Honestly, I'm shocked I didn't get fired. I have a feeling OP didn't get fired because that owner, at their very core, even if they felt it was bad customer service, knew OP was right though. Like you have to agree, OP was right though, right? Also, how much do you want to bet that this scammer is going to be back in the future doing the same thing? This next story is from Yodeling Parrot, Accident Victim. Story from 1990 I just got reminded of. I had dropped my then 7-year-old son off with my sister-in-law so I could do some Christmas shopping. About three blocks from her apartment, a car flew through a red light and slammed into me in the intersection. I didn't see her coming because of a large delivery truck to my left, and she was in the second lane, the truck blocking my view of her, but my light was green. She was going about 50 in a 35 mile per hour zone, spun my car fully around, hit the center signal post knocking it down, and ended up about half a block down the street. I managed to move and pull my car to the other side of the road, ironically in front of the dealership I'd bought this car at. Everyone in the car lot saw the accident. A lady and her daughter that were in the lane beside me and managed not to get hit also saw it, so I had a total of 11 witnesses. This lady came out of her car screaming for people to keep me there, that I had just hit her car and tried to run. The police came, got my statement, and talked to all the witnesses. She only had one witness, her mother who was in the car with her. I was told she had her head turned talking to her passenger and wasn't paying attention to the road, according to the ladies in the car that had been beside me. My sister-in-law calls me the next day and says, Hey, I think I got even with that lady on your behalf. She proceeds to tell me that when she got to work that morning, all four corners had big signs that said, Accident Victim, describing the cars and the time of the accident. The number, before the time of ubiquitous cell phones, was for a city 75 miles away. She said, so I took down all the posters, then I called the number and said, I saw the accident, I was in the donut shop across from the car dealership. The lady says, that's great. Sister-in-law says, so were you in that white car that ran the red light, or the blue car that got hit? The lady hung up, petty and perfect. P.S. The witness statement from her mom did not help her. She said she didn't see what happened since she'd been talking to and facing her daughter and just felt the collision. So she was desperate for witnesses. I love the fact that I think the only entitled person here was just the driver. You can't even blame their upbringing necessarily because their own mom was oblivious to the fact that they were trying to lie about what happened to the cops. Imagine being so committed to trying and pushing a false narrative that you put up signs hoping that you get a call from somebody who saw something other than what the other 11 people saw. 
Got some gnarly work to make up there if you're gonna try to convince the police otherwise. This next story is from Chemical420. Shady realtors lose their client. When I was in college, a few friends and myself all chipped in and rented a house on campus. The realtors were well aware that their primary clients were young college students who had likely never dealt with property before, which was a category we ourselves fell into. From day one, the house had issues. For starters, the AC was broken, and despite dozens of maintenance requests, we had to sit through freezing temperatures in the winter and blistering heat in the summer. The second concern was the hole in our basement wall. In and of itself, it wasn't an issue, but when bats started moving in, it becomes an issue, especially when they would come flying at our heads while we were trying to do laundry. Again, we probably put in dozens of requests to the realtors, but nothing was ever done about either issue. I wish I could say that we had documented everything and sued, but nothing so dramatic happened. We lived out the year there and found a new house and realtors for the next year. Now for the petty revenge. After the realty company knew that we weren't renewing, they obviously had to start showing the house. And at this point, we avidly hated this realty company. So on the day they were showing the house, one of the potential renters asked one of my roommates and I if we had any issues living there. My roommate and I looked at the realtor and then at each other and almost laughed. We told them all about the AC and the bats and every other little annoyance we faced with zero compliance from the realty company to do anything. The entire 10-ish minutes we were talking, the realtor was red in the face and kept trying to interject only to get shot down immediately by our clients who insisted on hearing what we had to say. After we finished talking to them, her clients turned on her and assured her they would not be renting any house from them. That poor realtor looked ready to scream at us as she left, but to her credit, had the good sense to quietly accept defeat and walk away. In retrospect, I wish we would have been more assertive and taken some kind of legal action against what was essentially a slumlord taking advantage of college students who don't know better, but I'll gladly take our little victory. Honestly, even though they didn't get like a very good revenge against this realtor, I feel like at that point it more or less becomes an obligation for them to pass down just how horrendous this place is and how people should not consider working with these people because they're not going to get taken care of and if anything they're going to get taken advantage of. This next story is from Santa's other brother, Triple Rush. Parts match drawing can't be assembled and don't work. Surprise. My boss, VP2. VP of Manufacturing says, Need two of these immediately. Triple rush. There has never been anything more rush. I suspect there's more to the story. Okay, I check the drawing. Seems complete. No missing dimensions. Which really surprised me seeing who drew it. Next day, parts are complete. I deliver parts to my boss in his office. Also present is VP1. VP of Engineering. Toolmaker, me, says, Your parts are done. VP1 says, you had to make those? VP2 says yes, and they both break out into laughter. Now I know there's more to the story. Then my boss looks at the parts and says, this is wrong. I say, I'm sure it is, but it matches the drawing. My boss turns the part over, and this is wrong. I say, not surprising based on who did the drawing. He checks the drawing. My boss says, These two holes are supposed to be threaded 8 to 32. 
And there's supposed to be a matching pair of holes in the other end, because there's a plate that goes on each end. I say, I never got a drawing for any plates. My boss says, they're being cut on the laser, another department. I say, okay, I'll fix these. My boss says, and I'll get the drawing fixed. Parts corrected, VP1 and VP2 call a meeting with the head of engineering and engineer. Yes, the engineer is useless from a previous story here. I missed this meeting. VP2 says, here are your blocks and here are your plates. The engineer said, great, thank you. VP2 says, maybe you can show us how they go together? Engineer says, sure, this plate goes on the end with two screws. VP2 says, how do you do that when the holes don't line up? Engineer says, uh, same guy designed the blocks and plates. Two holes in each plate needed to line up with the two threaded holes in the end of the block. One number, make it the same on both drawings. Obviously too complex. The parts couldn't be assembled as designed. Okay, shut down production again to make another set of plates on the laser. Screw holes now line up. The parts can be assembled. Then time for testing. Yeah, they don't work. The concept is fatally flawed. The design is abandoned. I get called to the next engineering meeting with VP1, VP2, head of engineering, and the engineer. Engineer says, nice job on those blocks. I say, you mean the ones that wouldn't go together? They say anyone can make a mistake. I say, and how many mistakes did you make on this one? Two holes missing, neglected to include the thread spec, wrong pitch on the holes. They say, um, and I say, and when you finally got this thing assembled, how well did it work? Um, how is this dude still employed after being so clueless, useless, and failing at doing their job properly by seemingly any metric? How does a dodo like that keep hanging on? What kind of blackmail do they got that they can keep that job? And our final story of the days from Kind Veterinarian 728 Jackfruit in the communal fridge? No sleep for you. Yesterday, I got home after struggling through the latest heat wave. I open the fridge, grab my water pitcher, and pour myself a glass of water. I take a sip and farts. Oh god, my water tastes like farts. A quick scan of the fridge's contents reveals the culprit. A brand new package of sliced, ripe jackfruit. For those of you who are unaware, jackfruit is one of the stinkiest fruits in the world. And it's just ruined my whole water supply. I'm the roommate who purchased baking soda for the fridge and freezer. I'm the one who lends out my pots and pans so people can cook whatever they want. I'm the one who cleans the bathroom and kitchen, spending my own money on cleaning supplies because I want us to have a clean space. It also just so happens that I'm nocturnal and I have a kazoo. At 5am I pull out my kazoo and start hmming away. I'm not a great kazoo player, but as anyone who has heard a kazoo can tell you, it's not about skill, but that particular awful buzzing sound. One of the roommates finally knocks at my door and asks me to stop, at which point I do without comment. Let them buy jackfruit and refuse to take out the trash all they want, but now that I'm armed with a kazoo, they better watch their freaking step. This is war. Honestly, I don't know if I really blame OP because 
Just imagine being that roommate that literally does everything for everybody and then not getting any kind of concession or consideration for your stuff or how anything would affect you. Apparently there were a bunch of people saying, just communicate, just talk to them, and OP said, basically, they tried. They tried to establish a rotation on taking out the trash, but OP was the only one that took the trash out. I'm of the belief that if you ever want to truly impact a person, I mean, one of the deadliest ways is going to be impacting their sleep. You wake somebody up buzzing around with some awful kazoo playing, not only are you going to interrupt their sleep, but you're going to piss them off. And hey, if you keep it up, maybe they'll actually start trying to work with you rather than fart all over you and leave your water smelling that way too. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another revenge story that was way crazier than any of the ones in this video, click on that left video. Or, if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.